Living Islam Narcissism the psychological catchword of the 21st century but what is narcissism how does it corrupt the soul and can it be treated and cured Join Maulana Zaheer Ahmed Ragi every Wednesday morning as he unpacks the topic of narcissism and enlightens us on the Islamic perspective of tackling this spiritual sickness. Radio Islam International, bringing you contemporary and pertinent psychological discussions. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to Radio Islam International. My name is Muhammad Baum. I'll be your host until 10 a.m. insha'Allah. We are doing the topic You Are Loved, and uh, we, st- we were still doing the topic of narcissism. And in our previous 19 episodes, we were discussing going into the details of narcissism. In our last few discussions, a few weeks back, Marana, we were discussing about uh, codependence and traits with, uh, in people to identify these traits. Now we have our, ho- our, our guest, Marazi Rahmat Raghi. Marana, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marana, how are you doing? Alhamdulillah, we hope Marana is also doing well. Alhamdulillah. We also take this opportunity of greeting all our listeners on Radio Islam, Radio Al-Ansar, and those that have joined us on the live uh, platform of the Ummah Heart. Uh, I must, at the onset, apologize for the last two weeks, Marana. We were not present. We were gone for Umrah, alhamdulillah. May Allah Ta'ala accept the efforts of all those that uh, do good deeds, inshallah. I mean, well, when we were discussing about uh, codependence and traits found in codependence, uh, amongst the traits that we w- we finished discuss uh, about uh, the struggle for what hardships and problems. Uh, then in the last episode, we were discussing about how they feel alone and fearful. Uh, they have poor communication skills and they're in denial of disorder. And we mentioned that uh, by them behaving in such a way that they, it's as if they are the only ones in dysfunctional families and they don't let other people help them. Also, uh, to try to fix people codependence are in denial of the need of many uh, things like love, intimate, etc. And they find excuses to avoid relationships with good people and have relationships with narcissists. And they also like to avoid confrontations. Uh, coming to uh, the next uh, topic is uh, they make excuses for abuse and disrespect. They make uh, excuses for abuse and disrespect. Uh, before we let Moana answer that, uh, just remember that this is an open line. Uh, you can call us on 011-854-1548, 011-854-1548, or you can send us a WhatsApp message on 072-786-1548. She so they, they do make excuses for abuse and disrespect. Yes. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. So we, as you have correctly said, we are discussing uh, traits of a person who has, and I would call it a disorder, a codependent. And in order to identify whether I am a codependent, there is a need for us to identify the traits of a codependent. And that's what we have been discussing previously. And we continue with this discussion uh, that one of the traits of a person that is a codependent, and keep in mind, that this uh, trait of being a codependent comes up as the way we have been brought up in our homes that results in this. And it is a disorder, although not uh, a disorder of uh, a narcissist itself. 
but the reason why we are bringing this discussion is that if you are identified as a codependent and you are in a relationship with a narcissist, then you need to know the condition that you are in and how to manage that condition. So one of the reasons or one of the traits of a codependent is that you will always make an excuse for abuse and you will also make an excuse if someone has shown disrespect to you. So codependent children, for example, often turn a blind eye to those who make fun of them at school. And they pretend that they did not see or hear anything to avoid a confrontation. And they will believe that the reasons bullies give them at school for abusing them, uh, such as being weird. Now, many codependents get upset. They also become annoyed when people who care about them make them aware of the abuse and the manipulation they are going through with others because they actually work very hard mentally to block it out. So if someone has been abused and you have a codependent trait, you will make an excuse. And also because you want to block out this abuse, you do not want anyone to assist you. You just don't want, you want to block it out and you don't want to take help from anyone. That is also one of the traits of being a codependent. And in most cases, they don't want to believe that the fantasy they are living in is not real. As they don't want to make the difficult decision of leaving the person who is abusing them or being alone. So to make it easier, they would rather give an excuse for people who are abusing them. Now, as adults, and since we are discussing this more on an adult uh, way, uh, instead of children at school, so as adults, these excuses sometimes for violence, domestic violence, could sound like, okay, she might have had a bad day or he had a bad day at work. Uh, the kids really annoyed him or her today. Or he cheated because I wasn't giving him enough attention. These are the type of excuses that codependents may give as an excuse for the abuse. Many codependents will leave a narcissist who has betrayed them but take them back again and again and again after they have been successfully hovered by the abuser. And narcissists always test the strength of people's boundaries and will beg and cry to appeal to the empathetic side of a codependent. However, they greatly disrespect them when they fall for it. So if a narcissist has abused a codependent, the codependent will make excuses, but the narcissist has in him this trait of manipulation and hovering and, you know, getting them back. And when they get them back, that narcissist actually shows disrespect when they fall for the hovering of the narcissist as they've perceived by the narcissist as a desperate person, as someone who is weak, who will tolerate anything to keep them in their lives. 
And it is for this reason they get worse in their behavior and the more people give them chances. Codependents often end up depressed because they have irre- because they have to regularly give up their dignity so they lose their disres- their own self-respect they lose it because they have to regularly give up their own dignity they have to give up their own self-respect in the name of what they believe is love but is just an unhealthy trauma attachment that has nothing to do with love so many codependents also don't know that they've been abused and manipulated <clears throat> after a narcissist discards them <clears throat> and continue to miss their abusive ex after the relationship is over especially if they see that the abuser has moved on with someone else and treat them better in that you know phase of love bombing and we've spoken about all these definitions that we are addressing today during this time the codependent remembers the wonderful days with the narcissist and regrets not working harder to keep the relationship going but it's always just a psychological delusion and when we are unaware about codependency disorder we can sometimes be amazed to see how good men were treated terribly and disrespected by their women but still somehow managed to see the good in them and apologize or even beg for forgiveness even when they didn't do anything wrong or take them back again and again despite their women betraying them or the men betraying the women now many narcissists make codependents apologize for their bad reaction to their abuse which distracts them from the main problem caused by the narcissist gee mom well, we have our psychologist uh, online i think we do have a few questions that we needed to address uh, the last time yes so just for the benefit of our listeners and those that are on the ummahad platform we have uh, sister naira with us just to give you i did give an introduction to her at the last time but i think it was about 3 weeks ago so just to recap she is a wellness coach uh, someone who integrates well, a wellness service by providing support and well-being and building the capab- capability to be independent when you are having these types of disorders assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa alaikum assalam uh is our line clear assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh Assalamualaikum. Oh, that, that's much better. Jazakumullah. Jazakallah once again Sister Naira for joining us and uh, giving us your uh, important advice and counseling and support. So the question that we have uh, for you today is that codependents generally make excuses for the abuse by a narcissist. Firstly, why do they do so? we've mentioned some of the reasons now and also how should they actually cope and manage the abuse should they just make excuses or is there a, a better way of managing the abuse by a narcissist 
Let's discuss the concept of this trauma bond or yes. how that cycle of abuse actually begins, right? Gee. So, a narcissistic relationship almost always begins with what is called the love bombing phase, right? All right. So, in this phase, the narcissist will try and make you believe that you are literally the best human on earth. Mm-hmm. They cannot live away without you. They will try every tactic in the book to make you believe you should choose them, you should trust them. You can love them and you're completely safe with them. Okay? Yes, yes. And this is actually where it begins because a chemical dependency is created at this point. So they give you enough love, enough attention, enough drama for you to believe this is exactly what you need. Mm-hmm. And when that chemical dependency is created, the brain goes through something called the surge of dopamine. So dopamine being your reward, the brain's reward system. Okay, and it allows you to feel pleasure from those extreme and that obsessive behavior. So, for example, I mean, if it's a male, you know, they could be flowers or chocolates. Um, some cases making you believe that they could have been with anybody and they just wanted you. They've chosen you. And at this point, um, and that works both ways, you know, male or female narcissists use similar tactics. But it's basically giving you that dopamine rush in your brain. Um, and activating the brain's reward system. So at this point, you feel good. You feel happy, right? And you actually start to believe that this is now the perfect relationship because of the way it makes you feel. And approximately at this point is now where the the script switch takes place. And at this point, the narcissist starts to devalue you. Mm -hmm. And as you start craving that dopamine rush, you almost believe you can't live without them. Okay, and as they devalue you, you think you need them even more. And they start telling you how you disappointed them and how it's all your fault. These are just rough examples. It could be anything. Right? And in this scenario, we start looking for evidence of hope in that situation. Because mm-hmm. you actually want that love and that situation back. So the, you think that the circumstances might improve if you do things a certain way. And you'll have the feelings of joy back. Mm-hmm. And generally, they move back and forth. Okay, so they give you small acts of kindness, making you believe you're happy again. You know, they might even give you that flowers or chocolates or telling you you're the one and you're so important to them. And this is all in an attempt to keep you as they supply. So they generally do that if they feel you're getting too smart and you're realizing there's nothing in this for you. So it goes back and forth. When you're in this phase, it's all very hot and cold, very back and forth, extreme, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. And that can generally cause a very unhealthy attachment to the abuser because you're getting a little bit of that dopamine and that reward and then they're taking it away. So unfortunately, due to that chemical addiction that we're going through, we develop an addiction to the abuser and Mm -hmm. that's very much like a drug addiction. So you start to make excuses for their behavior constantly in search of that dopamine fix. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's move to the next phase now, the gaslighting phase. And at this point, they've completely crushed your self-esteem. They've made you believe it's all your fault and not any fault of it. And due to that dopamine addiction, you'll do or say anything you need to for them to see you in a different light. For them to just say it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. Even if it means making excuses for them. Okay. And you're making excuses for their behavior or you're trying to protect them. Or even it gets to a point where you beg them to stay. You even lower your standards for that toxic person and accept things that you would never have previously accepted. 
Mm-hmm. And this is where they have you. At this point, Molana, they have you in the exact position they need you to be in. Yes, right? yes. So, first things first with regard to overcoming this is awareness. You know, you need Absolutely. to understand that it's the, it's the addictive nature of the trauma bond that's keeping you there. It's not the relationship itself. If you're aware that it's not the person you love, it's the reaction to your, in your brain and your body that you're looking for. It's mm. not about them. You can actually let them go. So my advice to all of you listening that feel trapped in this abusive cycle or who heard these words and feel like you might be in that situation, you need to start by getting distance from that abuser. Even if you feel you cannot leave yet, mm-hmm. create a distance between your heart and theirs. Work with a trauma-informed counselor um, to process that trauma that you can through, to examine the cycle of the abuse, to understand the pattern of your narcissist, because they all have different patterns, right? And you need to connect with reality. Come back to a place of responsibility where give it the responsibility it truly deserves, that it's just the chemical bond that's created. And the abuse you're going through is not actually your fault. Neither was the trauma bond that was formed you actually deserve a life free of this abuse and mistreatment. Inshallah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for you. Malana, I hope that that answer was helpful. No, no, alhamdulillah, absolutely on the spot. Jazakumullah so much, uh, Sister Naira. And if there are more questions, they will come forward and then we will pass it on to you if necessary. And we will always, we'll always ask you to come on and assist us to, to deal with this disorder, inshallah. Jazakallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Very important, Ma, where she mentioned about the seesaw uh, situation, that, uh, you know, the love bombing and after that, uh, the gaslighting situation where, you know, where the narcissist, when he sees that he needs to get you, then he plays the love bombing part and when he sees that, uh, appropriately, that he has enough hold of you, that's when the gaslighting takes place. Yes, and, and I think what, what, what was very crucial is to be aware. <clears throat> to be aware that it's not your fault, it, to be aware that this is how they treat you, and you need to move away from that circle of uh, having that, you know, that type of addiction, as she's mm. mentioned. Yes, absolutely. Ma, speaking about addiction, right, we have a question here. Assalamu alaikum, please. Help. My 16 year old son, now you have a son who's in grade 11, he's a narcissist. The mother says she's burning out, she doesn't know what to do. So how, how does she, you know, and we did say this previously and we're going to say it regularly and continuously. Don't make judgments uh, on someone being narcissist. I, I know we are talking about these issues. We are talking about certain characteristic traits, but you need to have uh, it. Uh, you need to go and have it properly diagnosed. And that's where these type of counselors are. Uh, support that they will give you, they will help you how to manage, they will identify what are the causes possibly. I mean, the first question is that how did he develop these traits in your home? Mm. Uh, so we spoke about how parents should be parenting their children. So it's it's quite a complicated thing in, in just saying that he is a narcissist. So I think you need to deal with it much more professionally. And you need to be professionally, uh, to be in a position to professionally diagnose that really the child is a narcissist. Mm. Well, we were speaking about the support system. Now, uh, we're speaking about the narcissist. Yes, carry on. So, uh, 
the support system in it and to these nurses actually isolate you from getting support system. Yes, yes, yes. So, so coming back to what we were talking and taking on from what uh, our sister Naira was saying, so many narcissists make codependence apologize for their bad reaction to their abuse, which distracts them from the main problem caused by the narcissist. And that's what our sister was also saying. Now, Mara, from here, I want to take it up a little bit differently. Uh, and I want to bring uh, an aspect about this is that narcissistic Muslim women uh, commonly use and this is a bit of a sensitive one that I'm going to talk about, but I think it's necessary to talk of. So <clears throat> we must not be in the misunderstanding that it is only males that are narcissists. Unfortunately, you find today many women are also narcissists and they also have narcissistic traits. <clears throat> in fact, I was speaking to a divorce uh, advocate attorney, a female, and she mentioned to me that she is surprised at the number of men that are coming forward today and nowadays asking for divorce from the from their women. In fact, just uh, yesterday, coincidentally, I think on Radio 702, they had a discussion on the same thing that women, uh, 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 men are asking for divorce. So there is a need for us just to address this aspect also, although being sensitive, but we need to talk about this. Uh, we said it previously that when there's an elephant in the room, you need to introduce that elephant. So narcissistic Muslim women commonly use men's desire for intimacy and sex and children as a tool to reel them back after disrespecting and treating them terribly. So, however... Their men are usually so emotionally broken by then that they can't see the reality of the situation. It is also known that no one can throw a bigger temper tantrum than a narcissistic woman who is losing the compliance and control over her husband. Now, I don't want this to be seen as, you know, we are, uh, we are talking things against our sisters. But this is a reality. It's known that one can throw, women can throw a bigger temper tantrum than a narcissistic. No one can do it more than a woman who has these traits and who is losing the compliance and the control over her husband. For example, by flying into a rage. This sometimes involves smashing things and physically lashing out. They are able to guilt trip and intimidate their partners who then freak out during the ordeal and attempt to quick fix the situation to make their tantrum stop. Now, codependents allow people to treat them like this. So a male can also be that codependent. And the codependent will allow people to treat them like this as long as they don't leave. Sometimes they will show that they are starting to lose patience and they may also even rebel a little as an indirect way of communicating to their partner that they need to fix up their attitude, that their attitude and behavior is not acceptable. But they don't have the courage to directly call out the narcissist on the toxic behavior 
for fear that it will trigger a bigger fight and a terrible reaction or even a punishment or cause them to leave. Now, narcissists program their partners and we've seen, uh, we've heard from Sister Naira a, a similar way, but I might just say it in a different wording, that narcissists program their partners from the beginning to fear confronting them about their faults and avoid being punished for hurting their fragile, you know, egos. Even though a codependent may become tired and fed up of their partner, they don't actually want to leave that toxic relationship that has become for them their comfort zone. And that is what uh, Sister Naira also mentioned about the dopamine. So this is why many codependents who feel that they need the narcissist take the blame for their faults. So because you feel you are in need of that, and that was that dopamine, you know, chemical reaction within you that tells you that this is what you need. And that is the reason why you start blaming them or you blame yourself for their faults. However, narcissists will always, almost always leave them in the end, regardless of the patience and efforts made to keep them happy because they get bored and need new fuel supply. And you will find that for short periods of time, a narcissistic person will always search for supply outside his home or outside her home. And that is one of the reasons why we say that the, the, the objective of nikah, the objective of marriage, the first thing that Allah Ta'ala talks about is sakina. And Sakina is to have peace, to have security, to be in a comfort zone where there is absolutely no fear. And that concept of Sakina, if it is not achieved in a marriage, then there is absolutely no need to remain in that marriage. We're not advocating to divorce, but the, if the objectives of marriage are not ob obtained and every effort has been made to maintain that objective, but eventually, if that objective is not maintained, of peace, of security, of not being fearful in that home, then there is no need to remain in that. Uh, there is no need to remain in that uh, relationship. And that is why we're saying that what then eventually happens, it leads to other sins. So a narcissist will almost always leave, your, leave you at the end, regardless of the patience and efforts made to keep them happy. And what then happens is, either way, the male or the female will enter into uh, other relationships, and those relationships are most of the time illegitimate relationships. And that is why it's so important that we understand these uh, mentalities, we understand these temperaments, we understand these social orders. Mm. So one of the questions will come that uh, when they isolate you in, from your support system and family. Yes, Moana, this is another extremely, extremely terrible uh, trait of a narcissist. So they need you, so they love bomb you. Uh, and then uh, they see that you are blaming yourself for their behavior and to keep you because they don't want anyone to identify 
in you or make you aware that you are being abused. They don't want people to make you aware and they fear that. So what they do is they isolate you from your support systems. They will isolate you from your family. A young woman counseled uh, was going through psychological and emotional abuse with her Muslim husband who had done a great job at isolating her and keeping her away from friends family and even neighbors so every time a friend or family member tried to open her eyes to her husband's abuse she would get upset and understand why her husband ordered her to cut them off so a codependent again is strongly attached to the need for a relationship and if being isolated from loved ones will keep them distant then so be it and that's what we observe many a times in a, in a narcissistic relationship. So her husband's justification for her isolation greatly frustrated her loved ones. So the narcissist abuser isolates her from her own loved ones and the family becomes frustrated who felt that they are losing her as a prisoner to the narcissistic abuser. She could not understand. She, the one who is on the receiving side of the abuse, could not understand why they wouldn't just leave her alone to live her life and why they kept causing issues for her. So when asked why she didn't trust them, why didn't she trust her own family people, after she realized, after some time, with the discussions and thought, that her husband had actually managed to brainwash her into believing that he had her best interest at heart and that's the love bombing and that her friends and her family were jealous and wanted to ruin her marriage by planting dangerous thoughts in her mind about him. He also you know, told her that Islamically, and this is how Muslim narcissists behave. They use Islam. They use quotations of the Quran and Ahadith. And we've, we've alluded to some of that in one, some of our previous discussions. He also told her that Islamically, he has the right to demand that she cuts ties with them as they were causing problems in their marriage. So narcissists will always isolate you using many different types of excuses and unfortunately their Islamic understanding of their rights being a main one that is their Islamic understanding of their rights being the main one so that you are left without a support network and you should be aware of this and I think our sister Naira mentioned that the idea here is that you need to be aware and if you are aware, then you would make conscious decisions about your relationships. Narcissists also hate it when you make new friends and try their best to stop, the, stop this from happening as they consider it to be a threat that they will identify that you are in an abusive relationship. Men will forbid their wives from even going out with people they don't know. In other words, the husband does not know, so they will say, no, you cannot go. As they fear 
for their well-being and don't approve that their time is being spent on making new friends than in their home. Now, we need to understand this in the context of Islam. Yes, women are not supposed to just freely go around everywhere without informing the husband. That's on its own. But we are talking here in a total different context. And I don't want anyone to misrepresent what we are saying. So a narcissist man, husband, will forbid their wives from going out with people that they don't know because they fear for their own well-being and they don't approve that their time is being spent on making new friends than in their home. Narcissistic women also won't like it when their husbands want to spend time with their friends or if they have made new ones at even at work. So they always fear, narcissists always fear that their partners will meet better people than them. They fear that their partners will meet people that are better than them or that better people will like and be attracted to them. They also fear that their partners will confide in others about their problems and receive advice that goes against the narcissist's best interest. So these are the fears that the narcissists have for reasons why they isolate you from your support system. Narcissists become very uncomfortable when you want to go out with them and will often do something dramatic so that you cancel going out with them, such as pretend to be sick or even cause a big fight at home over something trivial just to spoil your mood. If you do go out, they will become restless until you come back home. And when you come back, they will analyze your every move. Subhanallah. <coughs> so they will analyze your every move to see if there's any change in your attitude, any change in your behavior that indicates you may have spoken to someone. And they, they are such you know, they're so smart in their manipulation that when you go out and you come back, they will analyze you and they will find out is there something that has happened because of their own internal fear that your reaction, your behavior towards them is a little bit different and therefore they don't like you to go out and get, meet other people. So they will analyze your every move to see if there's any change in your attitude any change in your behavior that indicates to them that you might have spoken to someone. Some will even demand to check your phone, check your phone messages, or do so even behind your back. Muslim, many Muslim narcissists, men and women, will simply forbid their partners from going out with their friends completely or tell them that they could see their friends only once a month and only if they are on the best behavior. So if you are being regularly at your own families, regularly with your friends, and they don't approve of that, they will set times. You can only go once a week. You can only go once a month. And this is how they manipulate to manage their own insecurities, which results in their abuse to a codependent. So they will say that you can only go once a month or only if they are on their best behavior, they will interrogate them about which friends, which family member uh, they want to meet and state that it would be uh, at a place that they approve of. 
They will also need to approve what their partners are wearing. Yes. They will also <laughs> want to need to approve of what their partners are wearing. We're not talking about, uh, you know, uh, Islamic modest dressing. We're not talking about that. That's, that's necessary for the man at home to ensure that his wife is modestly dressed when she leaves home. But they also want to need to approve what their partners are wearing. So going out while looking attractive is absolutely unacceptable to them. It is common for women to be told that they can't leave the house with any makeup. Remember, I think we need to understand this in the context of our discussion. Yes, Islamically, when you leave the home, you need to be modestly dressed. Yes, Islamically, you should not have um, exposed makeup. Yes, you should not be having such perfume that attracts the attention of people when you're out of your homes. These are clear uh, advices of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We cannot deny that. But the narcissist will use these things for his interest. And that's the difference that we need to be, keep, be aware of. So they, they don't like you to look attractive. Uh, it is common for women to be told that they can't leave the house with any makeup or very little and to wear very loose clothing, to be pious. While it is true that Allah requests women to cover well and not display their beauty in public, except that which necessarily appears naturally pretty face to avoid causing a fitna, yes. To avoid causing temptations for men. Islam is often, this is the point that I'm making, that Islam is often used by narcissists, by men to justify their requests so that religious women don't argue against it. In reality though, these men are just using it as a cover for their own insecurities. Other women who aren't so religious may comply just to be able to go out and breathe. Both narcissistic men and narcissistic women commonly romanticize this form of manipulation. Both narcissistic men and women commonly romanticize this form of manipulation. And which form of manipulation we're talking of? The isolation and social control. So that their partner believes they are just being protective or possessive from love and justify tolerating it. Mm. Yes, Moran, I know I spoke a lot uh, with a lot of uh, emotions <laughs> about it. Uh, but that's what it is. I see there's a question here. Uh, when the Islamic right of a man to act as Amir of the house is used to leverage extreme control like isolation, etc. How does one approach this so as not to be in a sinful position but get relief? Excellent question. Again, understand that the reason that we are having this discussion is that to be aware, to live a conscious life. So you need to be aware that what are the reasons for which my husband or my abuser or my partner is dealing with me and using sometimes the Islamic laws as leverage for control. So control in a positive way, alhamdulillah, then we need to comply. But if that control is a negative, narcissistic, abusive control, 
you need to be aware and you need to be able to draw the distinction. And sometimes the isolation from friends and family members should not be, you should not allow that type of manipulation if you are aware that this control is a negative control. And that's how I would respond to that. Mm. Uh, you have any questions? Well, the same uh, question uh, that uh, that lady that asked about her son, she asked, who do we get for help or diagnosis? And she asked, is it possible to give her contact? She's desperate to get help for her son. Uh, uh, well, uh, I think later, well, not on the show, later you can pass the number of Sister Naira to them. Mm. Uh, she, if they want to, you can even go to the Islamic Care Line, Islamic Helpline. Uh, there are many Muslim uh, uh, people that will provide the wellness support and guidance that is required. And it's good that you are picking up certain traits rather late, rather than, uh, late than never. never. <laughs> so, and and uh, and I suggest uh, instead of self-diagnosing, get professional help. Mm. So. You got more? No, that's the only one that we have. And also, narcissists really hate it when women have caring male relatives. Narcissists really hate it when wives and women have caring male relatives. Example, brother, father, uncle, who have the ability to stop them from carrying out their injustice. They also hate it when you don't answer every time they call when you are away from them and will surely punish you later for the anxiety that you put them through even when you tell them that you just needed some space. And the words privacy and space, remember this, the words privacy and space don't exist in a narcissist's book of vocabulary. And they will even despise the shadow that accompanies you wherever you go. The words privacy, the words space don't exist in a narcissist's book of vocabulary. And they will even despise the shadow that accompanies you wherever you go. They feel entitled to always go through your private things such as emails, phone, keep sake boxes they desperately look for things that they can hold against you later you know they have they have this ability to keep grudges they have this ability to keep records and many a times many uh, records that they keep is not realities but it is their understanding and their assumption and many a times they will even make up those uh, those uh, things about you that they can hold against you later, even if they are from your past. And the only time a narcissist will happily give you space to go out with friends and spend time alone is when they are busy hunting for new victims or when they are with another victim. The only time a narcissist will happily give you space to go out with friends and spend time alone is when they are busy hunting for new victims or when they are with another victim. Narcissists may also go as far as to brainwash their partners into thinking that they've had black magic done on them 
by those who love and advise them. And unfortunately, this has become very common in our community that they will use this as an excuse that people had made black magic on you. So, so thinking that they have black magic done on them by those who love and advise them so that they become suspicious, they become rebellious and change their attitude towards their own support system if they feel there may be some truth in what their abuser is saying. When a narcissist blames things, this is so crucial, Marana, and our listeners. When a narcissist blames things or people for their own behavior, it gives them a reason to not feel guilty for the awful things they say and they do. When narcissists blame other things, when narcissists blame other people, where they project it onto others for their own behavior, it gives them a reason to not feel guilty for the, for the awful things they say and they do. For example, if their partner is on antidepressants, they will say that the medication is making him or her paranoid or the medication is making them crazy. And if they have close friends, they will blame any acts of disobedience or bad attitude on their assumed bad advice. They will turn anything and everyone into the cause of their misery. People often find narcissists don't like uh, visiting their in-laws unless they have an agenda. People will often find that narcissists don't like visiting their in-laws at all unless they have an agenda, such as complaining to them first about their son or daughter before they do, to make it look like they are not the bad person in the relationship. And if they must visit, then they prefer to be with their partner or they only let them stay for a short while. Usually they will be given a time limit and will call them to leave immediately once the time limit is over. And if they don't leave at the specific time, they will make a big issue of it when their partners return home. I often hear codependents say that they hate going out because their partners are constantly calling. Their partners are constantly texting. The partners are constantly embarrassing them in front of people until they no longer wish to visit anyone because of the stress they cause to them. And I've taken so much of the time. I know we are really <laughs> towards the end. I think we'll stop here. If there okay. are any things that our listeners or anybody wants to comment, and inshallah, we'll carry on from here next week, inshallah. Inshallah, just one question has come in. Do narcissists feel it's normal to argue, debate, and fight in front of their children? Absolutely. They, they themselves sometimes don't even know that they are doing that. It is just their makeup that they will argue, they will throw up a tantrum, they will make an argument out of nothing, and they don't care who is in the presence. They absolutely, it is just about them. So they don't even care of the respect of someone else that is there, in even their own children. Hmm. Much appreciated. Inshallah, we'll speak to Marana again next week, Wednesday. Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.